0: Everyone, I'm here with Barbara Whitman. Barbara, welcome to the ward family. Thank you. And so Barbara, how long have you been in our ward?
1: Well, I have been in the Cuesta Park ward since it was formed, but before that I was in the Woodland Park ward and the Cupertino ward and the Sunnyvale first ward and the Sunnyvale third ward. I may have missed one, but I have lived in this area for many years and I've lived in this house for 60 years. So I've been around since Guwester Park was just a thought.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a lot of history here in this area. And if we go back to your childhood, um, what was what was it like kind of growing up in this area? And do you have some- I didn't grow up in this area. Oh, okay. Where did you grow I
1: was born up? in Vancouver, British Columbia. Oh. And my parents immigrated to the United States after a lot of misfortune in a row, when I was three years old. And we moved first to Hoquiam, Washington, and then to a little house on Airhorn Street right down in Mountain View, just parallel with Castro Street. And uh, we lived there for a couple of years until we got established. And then we bought a big old Victorian house and we spent the next growing up years, all my growing up years in that house, which my father worked in the daytime as a mechanic and at night time he worked in remodeling that house. First they made one apartment upstairs, and then they made two apartments upstairs, and then they made two apartments upstairs and two apartments downstairs, ending up, and my father did all the work on these with an occasional electrician who would come in, but he learned from going to the library and studying how to do plumbing, how to do all kinds of things, and he worked all the time and he built that into eight apartments, which was their retirement when my dad was older. They retired and moved for 19 more years to Palm Desert and I always admired their tremendous ambition and my dad's tremendous stick-to-itiveness to figure things out and I learned a lot from both of them.
0: And are there other experiences that stand out to you from your childhood?
1: Well. I wanted to be a ballerina and my sister and I in this big Victorian house with doors that opened and closed between the living room and dining room would perform for people who lived in the apartments. They'd come in and I would be the dancer and my sister Beverly would be the director and we'd put on Hall of the Mountain King or some other record and perform. So I wanted to be a performer and I studied ballet quite seriously for a number of years. I ended up going to the San Francisco Ballet and studied there until I was a junior in high school. And then I got so involved in high school activities that I couldn't commute to San Francisco anymore. And so I gave up that goal but I had a lot of fun pursuing. I wanted to then be a teacher and I eventually uh, went to San Jose State the first year and then I went to the University of Utah because I had a boyfriend. And the boyfriend really taught me the gospel. We talked about the Gospel a lot because as a growing up girl I had been to the Methodist Church, the Baptist Church, the Lutheran Church, I went to catechism with my friends and I went to the Seventh-day Adventist Church and all of those churches were very interesting. I learned their songs but they never could answer what I was here for or where I was going. They never could give me a satisfactory answer so I just kept looking. When I went to the University of Utah, I took a class at the Institute from Brother Lowell Benyon. I don't know if you're familiar with his name, but he was a great leader in the church. He started the Lowell Benyon School for Boys up in Idaho that is very well known for it has helped a lot of young men to get straightened out. He was as close to an angel as anyone I've ever met. And eventually he confirmed me a member of the church, and my, my former husband baptized me And uh, when I was baptized, I was living in a sorority house, and all the sisters came, and all the Sigma Chi's from next door came, and I was surrounded by a loving, loving group of people who nurtured me into the gospel. And when I ran out of questions for Brother Lowell Binion, I decided, well, I have no more questions. I guess I should join the church. (laughs) And my parents said, it's fine for you but don't ever preach to us. So I never did. I never did. But as my mother was growing older and she came to visit us, this is jumping ahead, we were serving as mission presidents in the Kentucky Local Mission. My mother came out and saw the work that we were doing. She was very touched. And she came home and my daughter and son-in-law were living in this house Gary Christensen, my son-in-law, was on a state mission, and he started to teach her. But they never mentioned it to me. And one day, I was sitting at the table. I had just said goodbye to a large group of missionaries and sent them out the door. They were going to the airport to go home. And uh, the phone rang, and I was sitting reading the scriptures. I was reading Alma 3227, I believe, that said, if you plant a seed, it will grow. When I picked up the phone, my mother said, You know, Barbie, I believe I'll join the church. That was the blessing of all blessings of serving three years of hard labor and a lot of joy in the Kentucky Louisville Mission. And in every case in my life, when I've invested myself in the gospel, it's built my faith. That was one blessing. The other blessing is when Charles and I, after we were married, A friend who was the mission president in Mexico City sent out an email and said, we could sure use some help down here. And we were driving in the car and we said, we could do that. We phoned John Pingree that night in Mexico City and said, John, would you like us to come down? And his response was, in a heartbeat. Well, that was just about true. In three days, we had a mission call from the first presidency of the church asking us to go down and serve with the Pingrees in the Mission Mexico-Esta and that was a wonderful experience for both us. Charles had never been on a mission so it was a very fulfilling experience for him too.
0: And I'm curious when you were in school when you were at the University of Utah what were you studying?
1: I At that time I wanted to be a nurse and uh, then I took a couple chemistry classes and I decided maybe I didn't really want to be a nurse and uh, so I was going to be a teacher, and I finally, after I was married to my first husband, we graduated from San Jose State in 1957, and I had a teaching credential. And I, was, <clears throat> I had been married for three years, and I really wanted to have a baby. And I had a contract to teach, I found out I was pregnant. And I was so happy that I canceled the contract, and I've been absolutely loving motherhood ever since. And uh, we were blessed with six fantastic daughters. And uh, every one of them is active in the church. Every one of them has been a tremendous blessing and support to me. I haven't talked at all about the change that took place in my life, but it was rather radical. I have been married 33 years, and uh, I think I served in every position in the church, and I had grown a great deal in my own faith, in my own confidence, my own leadership, and my understanding of people and what Heavenly Father wanted me to do, who I was and what I was here for. And that's what I had been looking for all those years. Anyway, we graduated and then after 1981, we were called to the Kentucky Louisville Mission. We had six kids at the time. One was married, and we took four with us, but one left on another mission. Allison was already on a mission, and so we, uh, we had a busy family in addition to serving as mission presidents. and That was really exciting, trying to get them into schools that were equal to the schools in California and keep up with their lives and keep up with the mission presidency, but it was, it was a great stretch. A great stretch. and it was during that period of time that I really learned to rely on the Lord. I think before I had relied a great deal on myself. I prayed a lot, but I never, really, really relied on the Lord to fill in where I was incapable. I was a mother raising six little girls, and here I was with a hundred and fifty wild men, you know, it was pretty hectic some of the time. But I was not prepared. I had not gone to primary, I didn't know all the things that you know when you grow up in the church, but I learned so quickly. And the first few months, I just spun my wheels, trying to over-prepare and worrying myself out. And then on one occasion, I was called to do something that I was totally unprepared for. And I just prayed extra hard and the spirit of the Lord Holy Ghost filled in the gaps and I learned that I must do my homework but that when the unexpected happened the Lord would help me and I learned that in time to enjoy the rest of the mission and to find that the Holy Ghost was there and real and would fill in the gaps for me.
0: And is that a lesson that you tried to share with the missionaries that you oh, interacted definitely. with, or how did that, how did that kind of impact their service or some of the their their lives or missionary experience?
1: It's interesting that you ask that because as I have been writing to the sister missionaries in the ward, I have kind of tracked the growth as I see it happening, and. From the beginning I have tried to convey to them, as i tried to convey to the Kentucky Loba missionaries, that until you begin to really rely on the Lord, which you're entitled to do if you're totally obedient, you cannot really fill your mission completely. Your mission is to learn that the Holy Ghost will help you. And That was a lesson that I learned so profoundly, and I believe it today. I believe it today. When I was in the depth of my depression, wondering what I was going to do with six kids and a complicated life and no husband, just one day I walked into my bedroom and I knelt down and I said, Help me, help me, Lord, to keep moving forward and to not slip back, to make decisions that you helped me to make and not look behind, but keep moving forward. And from that day, I never felt like I was slipping back. I never felt overwhelmed by the financial situations. I never felt overwhelmed. There were plenty of times when I felt overwhelmed, but not desperate, not despondent in any way. I felt like I had a message that came to me. My main message was, you've got all these kids. They're depending on you. They were my support. They were my motivation. And they were my strength. And they continue to be. Let's get on to the positive part. (laughs) The positive part is I've learned to trust the Lord through the climaxes, through the challenges in my life, through being obedient. And I think those two lessons uh, are what we teach our missionaries. And... uh, When I decided, uh, after I was alone, I decided my children were worrying about me too much. I needed to get on with my life and do something which would help me to move forward, to do what I'd ask the Lord to help me do. And so I took a needs assessment test at uh, Dianza, and they said I liked to do things working with people. And I had been uh, the activity coordinator of Girls' Camp for 12 years at Liahona. And I knew I loved to work with people. I knew I loved to organize them. And I knew that I had those abilities. And so I called Brother Howard Gray at the BYU, who had come out and helped with... We put on a, a regional youth conference here, and he had helped organize it. And he was the head of the BYU Recreation Therapy Department. But we had become friends, he stayed here, and uh, I phoned him and I said, what kind of a program do you have, a master's program in rec therapy? And he said, oh, he designed a wonderful program that appealed to me. Within a couple of days, I had an acceptance at the BYU and I hadn't even put in an application. But he put it in for me, he just made a way for me to go. And uh, this was in June and in September. I started BYU, I yeah, packed up a minimum amount of furniture from this house and arranged for my daughter Cynthia and Gary to move into this house. They had been living in the area here and uh, I took Blythe, Angela was a freshman at BYU, Janine was a senior at BYU, so the three of us went to BYU and I rented a condo there and we lived there. and. Charles described how he and I met, but he had been someone I really hadn't known. I met him one night in the green room before one of Janine's performances, and uh, he and his wife were very impressive, and I I had never even seen him other than that.
0: And how old were you at this point? I
1: was 53 years old. It was been quite to,
0: an adventure to be a college student or oh, a you know. master's student but, uh, know, at that point I in your life. But you know, I
1: loved it. It's the major. It's the major that makes people happy. And it was such a good redirect for someone who had been thinking about her own problems and forgot about them completely because I worked in a hospital setting with children who need redirects in their lives. And that was just a wonderful major. I know the Lord directed me to that. I knew he did.
0: You mentioned earlier that you had actually written a book. Um, or two, actually, as no. time has gone actually, on. Actually, so. the first
1: book I wrote was called "Simple Acts of Kindness." This was the essence of my mother, and uh, this book really told her story and my dad's story, and how they came to California. And to me, they were pioneers. They started all over with nothing, and two kids, and hard work. And uh, it's still their story. Plus. At the end, I asked all of their children and grandchildren to write a little something about them. So I think it's a great little book because it lets all my grandchildren know their grandparents and they never met them. And then this book was written probably about about seven years ago. It was a real therapy for me to write this book. And it's the story of my life and it's, concludes with what's happened I would like to conclude I haven't told you much about Charles but when Charles said I said I would love to go out with you I was not dating and I was not thrilled to go out with him but he was an interesting person and I really wanted to go to Christmas around the world and that's what he invited me to and uh, we did have a wonderful time and we made instant friendship and we were both very lonely people and I know the Lord sent Charles to me. And my mother, who was still living at that time, she thought Charles was straight from heaven. She was, And my mother joined the church at 82 years of age. That was great. I wanted to read to you. I took a creative writing class at the Y. I loved going to the Y. And in this creative writing class, I wrote a lot of corny things. But I wanted to read to you this brief. It's called To Charles. Here I was, a bit of battered stuff, and you were wandering, searching, and alone. My need, my aching, evident enough, you filled my heart in ways I'd never known. Our love is not a giddy teenage thing, though sometimes we may wonder at this age, for love doth fill the heart and make it sing at 60, 40, 20, any age. From separate worlds, our ways began to blend, investigating all the joys of life, gradually our loneliness to end. And you convinced me to be your wife. Your faith in me, in us, was ever healing. And I learned once again to enjoy feeling. So that's kind of how I feel about Charles Whitman.
0: Well, that's wonderful think it would be a wonderful blessing for all of us to feel that way about our spouse the, the person that we're spending an interesting thing that
1: with. i learned is i never really realized that you could love more than one person in your life but you can you can my concluding thought yeah. is that love is the most powerful motivation that we can ever feel in our lives And that the example of forgiving love that the Savior has given us will ever lead us to happiness, will ever help us to heal, to move forward, and help us to have a place in Heavenly Father's kingdom, forgiving love. And I think that's something I've learned through corner pain, but certainly a profound lesson that's affected my life and made it very happy.
0: I think that's a uh, a wonderful place for us to end so uh, thank you again for for being on the podcast today and for helping us get to know you a little bit better and sharing these experiences with us and just for all of the wonderful things that you do within our ward and the spirit that you bring to our ward